appreciate the church inviting us and having us back again. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter. preached my first sermon the second Sunday of June in 1968. Before I preached, an old man in the church there that I used to pray with a lot took me in a Sunday school room and read me this passage of scripture. And he told me to pay no attention to the audience and he he told me to remember that God called me and that God sent me there to preach and that God would equip me and enable me to preach his word and I've remembered that old man's words ever since that day. I have a note written on the pad on my desk that says, It is not the messenger who changes lives, it's the message. I want to just read one verse of scripture. I recommend you read verses 4 through 10 here, but I'm going to read just one because I need the time. Verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. This is one of those messages that if I had had the opportunity to, I would have liked to preach at the beginning of this conference because it's one of those kind of messages that's designed to set a tone. In my lifetime, I've heard some great preachers. I, uh, I've heard Rolf Barnard. I've heard R.G. Lee preach Payday Sunday. I've heard B.B. Caldwell. Man had eyes look like two coals of fire looking at you. An old man named Wilbur Johnson used to be down in western Kentucky. He's one of the great, great preachers that I ever heard in my life. He told me one time when I was a young man, he said, Son, they make fun of me and they call me old Election Johnson. And he said, uh, You're a lot like me. He said, I'm going to die before too long. I don't want you to ever forget that. And don't you ever quit preaching these great old truths. I haven't done much right in my life. 
but I haven't stopped preaching those old truths. I hope I never do. I've heard great men preach in this conference. I loved Brother David West. I think about him every time I come down here. My friends, I'm greatly concerned. God's God's putting a curse on this nation. He's taking away the preachers. There are men standing in pulpits, street corners, school buses, and they're telling folks about their religion. But they're not telling them about the God whose power is necessary for a man to preach this glorious gospel. I'm so thankful that sister sang that song. That's one of my favorites. He is so faithful. And I, I won't keep you long. I just want to tell you two or three things that God's given me. As soon as Paul told me what he wanted me to preach on, I, I sat down ten minutes. I had this sermon outline done and been carrying it around ever since then. And, and uh, two or three, I just want to tell you two or three things. Uh, I want you to show you that God designed that Jeremiah would be his servant. He says there in verse 4, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now somebody asked me one time if I came from the wrong side of the tracks. And I said, No, we didn't have any tracks. My kinfolk stole them and sell them for scrap metal. come from a rough family. We didn't fight quite as much as Paul's bunch, but we stole a lot. And uh, my grandmother was a godly woman. She was the only godly person I ever knew. I never have figured out how she got hooked up with my granddaddy. Their children were all heathens. My mother was so mean. If she got to heaven, God would have left. And... Uh, uh, but my grandmother, when I was a little boy, she'd uh, sit me on her knee and she'd tell me, she said, I've been praying for a preacher. She said, when you grow up, God's going to call you to preach. And I hope I get to hear you. She never did. But all those years I was an atheist, I couldn't get away from what she told me. 
This man, Jeremiah, was the son of a priest. I don't know if he was religious or not, but he was the son of a priest. And God came to him and he said, uh, uh, I, uh, before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. And, uh, and before you came out of the womb, I, I set you apart and ordained you to be a, a prophet unto the nations. Little did I know what God was going to do with me. And, uh, but he, he called me to be a preacher. I've been pastoring the church where I am now since 1972. They're too nice to run me off when nobody else had me. And I've been preaching this book. And I've been preaching this gospel all those years. And uh, I used to have a few folks around to preach it with me. But there aren't any more. Brother Mark's about the closest one to me that preaches anything. And he's, he's over on the other side of the county. I'm thankful for him. This was a word of divine counsel that God gave to the to, to this Hebrew man. In, in Numbers 23, 9, it says, For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. This man Jeremiah was a messenger, not a messenger of good news. He, he, he was a messenger of a disaster. There's a disaster coming. God's coming in judgment. He's going to tear down cities. He's going to kill thousands upon thousands. He's going to put you in captivity. He's going to make people forget who you are and what you are. The Jews were the proudest people on earth. And they were so proud and God said, I'll strip you like a dog. He was a spokesman not only to the Jews, but to all the nations that he spoke to, and he warned them against God's justice against sin. I want you to know that God is just. And everybody he sends to hell deserves to go there, and they shouldn't be anywhere else. And if they had a choice, people that have been in hell for a thousand years have had a choice between staying there or going to heaven, they'd stay there. This man was chosen of God in the councils of eternity before he was ever born. The same God who gave him life gave him a commission. Go preach. Go preach. The sovereign God chooses who he wants to to serve him in the ministry. I don't know why God chose me. I don't have any idea. I haven't been able to figure out why he saved me. And certainly I don't know why he called me to preach, but he did call me to preach, and, and, and that's, that's what I've done. That's what I'm going to do. Around me, all the preachers around me are retiring. I figure this out. I can't find it in the Bible. I might quit pastoring someday, but I'm going to preach till I fall over. I don't know how to do anything else. 
he, he, he's, he's God and he calls you to do something and you better do what he tells you to do. I didn't tell you you ought to. I said you better. This is the declaration of true men of God everywhere. In Galatians 1.15 it says, When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathens. That was the Apostle Paul said that. About the same thing Jeremiah said. Seems to be a unity of thought here. God distances men and he, he calls them to be chosen servants. And that's what they are, servants. I'm about tired of preachers that are trying to have God serve them. And I say this to this crowd of people right now. I don't know who's preachers here and who's not. But you better do some serious consideration. And if God hadn't called you to preach, you better get out of it. And if God has called you to preach, you better get to it. God knew what he would do with every man he called before he called them. He knew what he'd do with Jeremiah. He knew what he'd do with Saul of Tarsus. He knew what he'd do with all those prophets. Isaiah was of the royal family. He walked the halls of the palaces but God called him to be a preacher of his word. He has a particular purpose for everybody he calls. I've been to church where I pastor all these years. They won't run me off. Nobody else won't have me. Because God wants me to be there. Your pastor's been here a long time. He's had opportunities to go other places. I know he has. He's here because God wants him here. Amen. And he better stay here as long as God wants him here. You young fellows that are preaching, the curse of young preachers in this day and age is they got to move on every couple of years to try to get a bigger church. You know, they, they, they come in and tell their wives, that church up there called me, uh, I'm going upstairs and pray about it. You start packing. Am I lying? It's the way it is. Second thing I want you to see here is that unfortunately, Jeremiah tries to modestly decline this opportunity given to him by God. Look at the, look at the sixth verse. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. I believe him and Moses might have been cousins. God's call was a shock and surprise to this man, Jeremiah. It, it just shocked him. We do not know what God's purpose is for us, but he knows, and that's all that matters. God's mighty call of this man, Jeremiah, was a great surprise. This was a humble man. He was a meek man, a shy man. He didn't know why God was calling him. And I don't know why God called me. 
Jeremiah resists God's call because he questioned his qualifications. I, I was in my middle 20s when God saved me and, and uh, delivered me from being an atheist. And I didn't know why he saved me. I still don't know why he saved me. But a few months later, about a year later, God started dealing with me about the call to preach. And I said, he got to be wrong. I know you, some of you preachers say that, you know, God's never wrong. But I, I, if you're a human being, you'll question sometimes. It's natural. He, 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 he feared to stand before kings and before armies and before multitudes and to declare God's merciful message. And I'll tell you the truth, there was a time in my life when I think I did. Now I don't care. God give me an opportunity, I'll go preach in the Vatican tomorrow. He 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 feared that he could not speak properly or adequately. To serve God. I, I I remember when God was calling me to preach. I thought, boy, this is... Somebody's got their ducks out of order here. I thought it was God for a while, but I found out it was me. He, he questioned the authority of God, and he questioned his ability to declare God's messages. I thought, I can never preach. Some people still don't think I can preach. I don't know whether I can or not, but I do. And I will. Because I don't know anything else to do. All those people who are truly called of God fear and question their ability to declare this glorious message. I tell you, it's a glorious message. We have a glorious message. We're not talking about peanuts and popcorn. We're not talking about old maid cards, jacks and ping pong. We're talking about the sovereign God. Sits on the throne of the universe with a, with, with a scepter of universal authority in his hand, and he rules and reigns. And he lets poor pipsquick men like us tell his truth. I don't know about you, makes me want to shout. The pulpit is the most lonely place on earth. I've been up here by myself. It, it's it's frightening. But I'll tell you what, I've been up here when God was with me. And God was in me. And I didn't want to get down. It's the most wonderful place that I know of. George Whitfield was dying. He'd been dying for weeks. And they came to his house and they said, there's a big crowd of people out here. They want you to preach to them. They got him out of bed and held him up on the rail. And he, he preached to those men. 
for an hour and a half. He went back collapsed into bed. Those people came and beat on the doors and said, we'll hear you again. We'll hear you again. Got him out of bed, held him on the rail. He preached another long sermon to him. Died the next day. I've never had that happen to me, but I sure have wanted it to happen. I'm an old man now. I think about dying. I pray, oh God, don't let me dishonor you. Don't, oh God, stop. Then there's an assurance of God to every man that he calls. It says there in the seventh verse. Oh, excuse me, I can't see very well today. My my body's not working real well right now. But but the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I will send thee, and whatsoever I command thee. Thou shalt speak. That man that's called of God doesn't need to fear anything else. If he's called of God, then nothing else matters. God's call ignores all issues of age. It doesn't make any difference if you're 20 years old or 70 years old. God calls you, he calls you. Go preach. It doesn't make any difference about training. I got more degrees than a thermometer. I'd trade them all for one good bologna sandwich. I, I know men, I've got friends that, that didn't even graduate from grade school. And they preach this glorious gospel. You know, I got... Friends that have got doctorates, they preach this old gospel. It's not a matter how old you are, how well trained you are, how skilled you are, how talented you are. It's a matter, did God call you? Did God call you? See, I'm scared to death these mama called and church called preachers. Our, our, Our frailty should make us hesitant. I think men ought to be careful about how they get into ministry. God didn't call you. You better not. I'll tell you right now. I don't care what the opportunities are, what the privileges are. If God hadn't called you to preach, you better stay out of that patch. I tell you what, this is one mule yard. You better not come in there. The presence of God sets aside all our hindrances and all our limitations. I heard a man preach last uh, January down in Douglasville, Georgia. His legs didn't work. His arms didn't work. He had one hand work. He had a power wheelchair and they rolled him up in the pulpit and he sat in that chair and had the Bible memorized. 
he preached for about an hour, and I mean he preached. I have a friend who was an All-American football player. I mean, he, he's, he's a hunk. And when he preaches, you hear God's voice. But I know a lot of other men that are just as qualified or unqualified as both those men. They think they're preachers and they can't preach a lick. And the difference is the power of the preacher is in the Word of God. You know, Samuel delivered a message to Eli while he was a child. Or Samuel 3.16, Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God, do so to thee. And more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And the old man got mad and flogged him. No, it's this. Scripture said it's the Lord. Let him do what seems to him good. Let me tell you something, men. You preach the word of God to God's people. If their hearts are right, they'll thank God and they'll thank you. This call man has to ignore enemies and opposition. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Verse 8. I'm sure you all think I'm a very popular fellow and well-liked and beloved and don't have an enemy in the world. It ain't so. The older I get, the less it's true. I just want to tell people about God. I don't care whether they like me or not. Man of God has a message from God, and that message has to be declared. You say, well, if you don't declare it, now, I disagree with some of you brethren about this, but if you don't declare it, God will get somebody else to declare it. I don't believe that for a minute. God tells you to go declare a message, you better go preach it. Because if you don't, he'll beat you. He'll beat you like a yard dog with a bone in his mouth until you do declare it. You'll declare it with a crying voice or a laughing voice or one another, but you will declare it. The ambassadors of the king of kings will see the defeat of God's enemies. I heard somebody say something today, and, and I, I disagree with it, but that, that's sorry, that's me. I heard somebody talk about they're always afraid and they're always trembling when they get up to preach. I want to tell you something. I never tremble when I preach. I mean, I, I'm tore up this morning, but I, I don't tremble. I'm standing here as the ambassador of the king. If you want to get mad at the king, get mad at the king. If you don't want to hear his word, don't hear it. If you want to despise me for being his messenger, go ahead and despise me. But I don't care. I'm just an ambassador of the king. 
was a message from God and, and it masks the face of the enemy. Ezekiel 3, 9 says, As an adamant harder than flint I have made thy forehead, fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. I think that's why God makes all those preachers hard-headed. Because even if God does not deliver, he will lift up his servants. I love those three Hebrew boys. He said, now y'all, when you hear the, the noise, y'all bow down and, and worship the idol and we'll forget about all the past. They say, you got to be kidding. Tell them to throw you in the furnace. Look at that. You can't throw us in the furnace if God doesn't want you to. And if he wants to let you throw us in the fire, it's okay with us. But he'll still be the king. He'll still be the king. That's what I tell the place where I live. He's still the king. God goes with all those he sends, and he's with them all the time. I am with thee. I'm with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. I've had my heart broken. I've, I've had my conscience disturbed. Physically, I'm falling apart. But I know one thing. God sent me, and God goes with me. And ain't nobody throw me in the furnace if God don't want them to. These men are to speak with the authority of God. Tenth verse says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. I've been places I thought I'd never be in my life. I have preached a couple of times thousands of people I've preached to hundreds I've, and I've preached to five and I preach the same message because it's God's message God will ratify and fulfill his words as they're delivered Isaiah 44 26 says that confirmeth the word of his servant and performeth the counsel of his messengers that says to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah you shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed, decayed places thereof. My friends, the honor and ability of the prophet is in the unrestrained power of God. It's not him. You folks are nice to us. We appreciate that. I'll tell you, we do appreciate it. But if you, but if you don't, if you don't, God still blesses men. He'll still bless his men. The power of the ministry is entirely in God's hands and not in the man's. Men can do whatever they want to do or they can refuse to do what they want to do. Listen to me. The power of the ministry is in the hands of God. In God we have a superabundance of all the power that's necessary to minister to the hearts and souls of men. I'm tired of preachers acting like politicians going around shaking hands and kissing babies 
and trying to suck up to everybody. I'll tell you what, God's preachers ought to go and preach the Word of God and stand on the Word of God and depend on the Word of God and not worry about whether people like it or not. We must look only to God. He provides for us and He protects us and He preserves us because we're His servants. His. And I call on every preacher that's here today to remember this one basic truth. It's Him, not you. Not me, not that preacher, not anybody else. It's not the ministerial council. It's not the missionary society. It's Him. Go preach Him. Amen. Thank you, Brother Paul.